Hey guys, thanks for listening to another great episode. Man, we are approached the end of 2022, and I must say, uh, it's been an interesting year to keep uh, this podcast going, which thank you for uh, listening over these past episodes and past podcasts of the episodes that I did uh, well over in two years or so, uh, or at least going on to two years. But even so, um, this is the end of the year and all, so... Let's go ahead and dive into today's episode being titled The Worst Films in 2022. Now, granted, when I see this and I had to review all this, I literally have to step back and see uh, out of fresher eyes that how each movie or each uh, film that came out of this year has been worse. Uh, I'm a little bit surprised on the certain titles and not so surprised on the other titles that I've seen. But even so, uh, there's only a few of them that I will recollect that I've done, and there's a few of them that I haven't done. But at the same time, uh, kind of happy that I didn't have a full pick on this one. But at the same time, uh, there is certain films in this list that has been talked about and would have been the best idea to keep it right there as the portion of the talk. But even so... Uh, these are the top 10 films that I've seen uh, on the list that I've done or not done. And here's a few reasons why and why are they on this list. So to start off, I'm going with the recent uh, film that I did. And this is part of top 10, no particular order in this one. But these are the top 10 uh, films that I could talk about. So the top 10, top, uh, the first top uh, of this thing 10 would be uh, Black Adam now granted I did state it in uh, the the, uh, the the episode that it was quite well good and all that but here is the reason why it's on the worst uh, due to the lack of how the company or the studio was uh, they pretty much saw that as a as a as a comic film, it would make bu- good bucks, and not to mention it would draw in more crowds uh, as a DC property. That may be true. However, this was set against uh, Black Panther: Wakanda Forever within a week or two, or maybe three weeks prior, which they assumed that it would withheld a uh, top portion of it, which is true. They did. However, it did not held on to uh, the top number one film uh, for too long because when Black Panther came around, it got got dethroned uh, within that one weekend, but even gave a more big blockbuster because how the studio was for that. Also, how it was uh, centerized on the mere fact that we had lots of star in it comparing to uh, Black Adam being a standalone film. Now keep in mind, this may be a worse film. However, uh, in digital and all that and all that sales and all that, it may not be that bad for the company. So normally it would be a worse film, but it is how it is as seen in the uh, theater. Theater is ruling because uh, the lower uh, the lower part of the 
funding of any box office sales, they will look at the domestics and then they look at the internationals. And by combining both of them, they will tally all the scores of what it was and what it is. So yeah, granted, it may be a part of the worst, but also it's still a great storyline. It's still great. And not only that, they may have dismissed that a tad early uh, on the portion of how James Gunn and his uh, co-CEO of DC Studios will start uh, interacting. However, that doesn't mean they won't have that plan in future uh, storytelling uh, after phase one of DC's uh, comeback of how the films are going into in some sort of revival recession and all that they're basically pulling the page back uh from dc comics when they did all the whole rebirth and restart and redos and retcons and it's basically a here here thing so but that's a 10 here's number nine which i'm even surprised that this actually reached but even so i understand why the film's called spiderhead and it has um, Chris Hemsworth and Miles Miller uh, being these uh, chemist psychologists trying to you know figure out a way of how to control people and just like test uh, oh, within the confines of an island where they do ra- radical testing and all that now granted this film actually is a Netflix film but the advertising for it was not too big because there was not a lot of talks about and not outside, you know, controversy. But however, uh, this was aimed for those who watch Netflix more than anything. But at, at the same time, it is, you know, one of the lesser films that didn't get too much marketing. So it did hit that worst part, but not a bad story if you're into the whole astronauts and whodunit and all that. So personally, it shouldn't be on the worst list, but luckily it's in the 10. So anything that's like five and higher past 10 or so, it's not too bad, but it did made worse. Uh, Granted, this next film in place number eight, it did, but at the same time, didn't do so well either. Uh, 3,000 Years of Longing, um, which I think I did an episode for this one in, in the recent in the past few pack a uh, few episodes of podcasting, but this one here is aimed as a woman who released a jinn or genie uh, in the world, and she's granted so many wishes. Now, granted, that is a, an established uh, story where a person finds a genie. However, this is an adult theme, Aladdin, which is basically having you know, Easter, uh, Elbra and uh, Kate Blanchett, you know, having this wonderful, meaningful uh, discussion with one another. And there's a lot of backstories of Idris uh, talk about former owners and how it's a little bit of a compromised position, if you will, if you know what I mean. But even so, uh, this one here is quite frankly uh, not a bad storyline, but at the same time, it's like something to, you know, to look forward to seeing on you know netflix and all that but even so it's something totally different next on the list is uh on i believe number seven or number i think number seven where i believe we're at number seven 
and believe it or not, it's the movie, uh, <laughs> even I'm surprised about this one, uh, it is Blondie, uh, you know how uh, Armand uh, Demon's uh, film that's appearing on Netflix and all that, and there was a lot of controversy of how they are portraying Marilyn Monroe, granted, the performance on that film was genuine that is absolutely something that would be aimed to help out but the storyline is a little weird because if and this is actually a true saying if you are doing a film that has some realistic stuff you pay attention to the source material where you're hearing this comparing to making it up along the way yeah, granted, it's a biopic, and yes, it has to have a lot of drama because it deals with a real-life situation. However, uh, to the filmmakers or to the writers, whoever made this, they made it a little weird because you could read some of this uh, materials online about how it's a... Uh, it's a definitely disregarding memory of Marilyn Monroe and all that jazz. But as a person who looks into film, yeah, you could see that there should have been at least some truth to the matter to just talk about the actual person's real life. Definitely, this would have been a perfect Marilyn Monroe, but uh, how the whole design of it is totally different. It's it's convoluted it has a lot of plot twists and all that and there's no source material to really like work with in a way but at the same time um the story is kind of like fill in the gaps and see as it is it is however the performance of that movie not bad it was fantastic and especially uh demand's uh, performance as marilyn was still as top-notch as uh another particular biofilm that will be mentioned in the next uh best film uh number six and this is actually a surprise because i wanted to talk about this film but at the same time i'm kind of happy i didn't but the film's called bones and all and it deals with a girl who is escaping her life tragedy so to speak and finds another person that is similar to her but at the same time like going through the motion of them doing what they do to survive the film as as i read some of the reports uh it's it's twilight-esque uh just mixing with uh flesh-eating cannibals and not zombie uh personally uh if someone was aiming at this this was okay to a certain point but i mean it it's kind of odd to actually kind kind of hear about how this whole situation is and it's like you know ah you know you, it's two people who fall in love and they love eating people uh in a way it it didn't really show a lot of gusto and i've seen people in theaters uh, avoiding seeing this one when it came out I'm, I'm afraid to say it but at the same time i mean you know what is what it is uh hopefully uh hang on okay we're in top five five right now 
and this one actually literally had to go to uh, Triangle of Sadness and Triangle of Sadness uh, deals with a couple who's on a yacht having a trip and they're literally having a uh, love interest that's involved on this trip and it becomes a little weird personally if you're gonna write that kind of story let there be a little action involved let there be a lot of things involved there was there's definitely a number of films other than this one that's triangle of sadness that deals with couples and boats and the sea <laughs> um lord lord knows you know we've seen ourselves seeing ourselves seeing uh, a continuation of how someone is enjoying a yacht uh, vacation and and uh, you know unaliving so yeah this one even though it came from a idea uh, from a foreign perspective nothing wrong with the filmmaker on that one but the story feels repetitive and feels very well you know obvious because things will happen and towards the end of the film you know what's going to happen so uh, it may have met worse uh, part in 2022, but at the same time, this film does give you like a, a chance to actually see that there was people actually thinking about this one. All right, uh, number four, and I'm even surprised about this because of all the star cast on this one. The film's called Amsterdam, and it stars Margot Robbie. Uh, Kristen Bale, uh, a gentleman with the last name Washington, I believe that Denzel's son, as well as many others that's on the film, like Taylor Swift, uh, Robert De Niro, and uh, so forth. But this film reached worst film in 2022. I mean, like, oh my God, how can, how could it be that bad to reach it? Well, here's a few things. Uh, one of which is box office you always have to look at box office uh the sales for the tickets as well as in both domestic and international it's not too heavily invested on the cost property of how it got its uh return of investment which is r i r o i so it did kind of have a 50 50 chance of it regaining some of its loss but at the same time the story itself it had a good story i mean it had a uh, mistaken uh identity of a killer and they think that it was just these group of people that was actually in there at the same time and we are lead to several several stories on this one so i'm surprised about how this one r reached worse but even so kind of understand but at the same time it's like uh number three and these final three i'm not even surprised uh especially the last two but even so uh we will always get to those uh when we can so third one on the list uh that i made uh was actually the remake for firestarter now granted i did make an episode about them as well as the comparisons of the first one but the second one of this remake that's been out recently, it it did met with a lot of criticism and it did kind of have felt like a weird thing. Also that I'm I'm not displeased, but also not like aiming at the company that did this, but it made its way to streaming services as well as met with very little uh, theater reaction to it but at the same time this actually went to streaming services directly 
So there is not much loss right there, but at the same time, I mean, it is what it is. It's the film that got remade from the first one, but just, there's a lot of changes in this remake that made very little sense from the first one to this one. So it's definitely totally something different on that one. But at the same time, I mean, if you're if you're putting a film out that's directly aimed to a streaming services, you know that somehow in a weird way, the company knows that this will make it uh, a make or break situation with the company. As well as at the same time is you know where the you know where the source people are in this whole thing. So yeah, I'm, I hate to say it, but I'm not happy that's on the worst list but also at the same time kind of happy that it's not the best list either but even so uh if this is how the company sees films like this as remakes going direct to film um choose the best ones and you know do what you can number two and i wouldn't be surprised if i haven't mentioned this uh it being part of there but at the same time i would not so this would be the second comic film that I would make uh, mention, but even so, this is this is definitely one of those things where I'm just kind of questioning it. And even still, so uh, how the company is still putting it out there and trying to regain some of its loss for it, I'm still with it. The movie's called Morbius. Now, granted, the the actors and cast of the whole uh, film top-notch great on how they're performing different aspects of characters and villains and all that not to mention trying to set it apart from being an actual spider-man thing but at the same time i mean you're drawing people in because there will be mention of spider-man or some something of resemblance of spider-man characters in this and the only character that you could probably only take out and put in here is the vulture i mean don't get me wrong i mean this will kind of set up on another sony film that deals outside of spider-man but you can't just immediately go after the spider-man villains without you know establishing something totally different in the mcu later but at the same time i mean this was strictly only a one person point of view how he was really not much of a villain but a misunderstood hero that would probably turn into an anti-hero but at the same time i mean i kind of have to see how this whole thing you know falls in falls in line with not only the mcu storyline but at the same time as how this person will develop in over time and certain things finally number one and i knew it i had a hunch and definitely i knew there was something wrong with this one but at the same time i, I knew it was going to hit the list uh, as the worst one and the movie's called moonfall now granted you have a wonderful cast of people in there you have a wonderful draw drawing on someone who was a character that was like poke fun of and all that and you chose him to be the hero to sacrifice himself well, at the same time, you're also at the very end of the movie trying to draw back like there is a hint of something menacing or something dangerous other than itself coming into the world. And you're just 
leaving a plot hole for anyone who wants to put this in direct film. I mean, nothing against any filmmakers because this is definitely something I would have done if this wasn't too much of a herring. But if I would leave this film to have like a menacing drawback or a menacing thing, I would just try to keep it kind of hush-hush. For the mere fact that this film did met with a lot of negative criticism, but at the same time, on how the story was more aimed on having, oh, they did this and they did that, but not the actual villain in this whole thing, which is basically the moon. So, having that, having to have a consideration of having to continue the storyline, it's a long shot because you can't go from worse to better without some sort of worse aspect of how to make it better it's very crazy even thinking about it but at the same time i mean this film had met with heavy criticism on how to design this nothing against the cast nothing against the talent the talent is fantastic they're wonderful they perform nicely on the materials that they're given but at the same time, I mean, don't get me wrong. And this is definitely one of those films where you'd be kind of happy to do a riff track or be behind the commentary, do jokey jokey. But at the same time, I mean, there's nothing wrong on the idea of having to, you know, have Earth being threatened by its own orbiting uh, platform and just think that it may have laid dormant or be crazy enough or something personally you know if they did that and decided to get rid of it there is a long long list of what not to do to make it even worse so i mean this film did i did talk about it i know that for sure uh, i know that this was part of the the worst idea but for it to be on the top worst films uh i am actually surprised that this was never talked ever uh towards the end of the year and it's totally some totally not not you know different but at the same time i knew uh it was going to be you know talked about but at the same time like yeah this this is going to be it for the year this is like there cannot be only one worst film uh, out there that needs to be talked about. So, yeah. So, anyways, these are the top 10 films that I've been viewing and seeing on the list. And it had to be talked about. And, personally, uh, some of these uh, episodes that I did, yes, I uh, actually did these uh, on, on the podcast uh, because they would need to be talked about. And as well at the same time, something that like drew uh, some attention towards me that I felt that it needs to be talked about. So this was on the list that I had to research and there was many things that I had to consider on looking at as well as remind myself like why are they on the worst films? And here's what I here's what I gather on why and how and why were they even mentioned on the worst film part. So, of course, yes, you have to count the audience. The audience is people uh, who comes watch your stuff, which is basically uh, myself, 
watching a film or a audience member or viewer uh, watching a YouTube click. All right, that's one. Two, the revenue, um, basically how much tickets has been sold. Uh, that's either in a local area or domestic in your neighborhood or internationally, which is kind of like outside your own state, want to watch your stuff. And believe you me, there is a lot of people who have listened to my podcast that is not only here in the U.S., but also in other countries. Yes, I thank you guys super much if you're uh, in the other half of the hemisphere because you guys are uh, wonderfully amazing people. Uh, regardless of where you're at in the world, you're still amazing. Just keep my- mentioning that. And uh, just to keep among the lines right there uh demographic uh that's the other aspect of wondering how how well it is the demographic would be also considering how old your audience would be sometimes i know that i may have uh have listeners who are in the age of 30 or in the age of 28 uh, sometimes if I'm lucky and I talk about a kid's movie, um, maybe I'll have like young teens actually hear that particular film that I've seen in the past. But even so, they will eventually find it. Uh, <laughs> but as well, as well as, you know, uh, gentlemen and ladies, uh, even non-binary and gender fluid, if I have to say so, uh, tend to find, uh, some of my materials, uh, Okay, granted, it's not for everyone. I understand that. I'm not trying to aim at all genres here, but at the same time, I'm like, I'm happy that my demographics are showing up, which a lot of people are looking at or seeing or watching and so forth. So, yeah, that's kind of like a near trinity of things to consider uh, when I look at films because, you know, you have to make sure that whatever you're producing, you're producing for that said person. So, anyways, uh, that is the top 10 worst films that I've seen uh, that also made it on the list, and as well as uh, ones that I haven't seen in there. Uh, the next episode, uh, definitely before the end of the year, uh, is the best ones. Now, also granted, I'm going to mention the same thing as well. It, I haven't seen these. I have seen these, etc., etc. But at the same time, these are things that I like viewed as a film as a film reviewer that I still have to talk about, regardless if they have been talking about or not. So, until the next episode, I uh, wish you great people, wonderful hope uh, on the new year. Uh, you guys have a fantastic time. You guys be safe wherever you are, wherever time of day you're listening to this. Hope you're doing well. And until the next time you hear from me, hopefully it will be in the New Year's or so or the next few episodes. (sighs) See ya. Hey guys, listen, uh, there's many things changing to these uh, episodes, so yeah, I'm currently able to be listened to, and get this, I've been able to be listened to Amazon Music now, as well as Apple Podcasts, CastBox, Google's Play, uh, Google Podcasts with uh, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, a little bit of Spotify, and uh, I actually recently started doing uh 
you know, Twitch channels. Uh, so yeah, if you could find me through uh, Lone Tech X, you'd be able to see some of my gameplay right there as well. But at the same time, listen to some of my podcasts uh, outside while I'm still delivering some news. Yes, I'm still trying to do other things other than just this, but just for the time being, you can listen to not only this episode, well, all the other past episodes I've done before I've done Twitch. So, uh, once again, you can guys find me at, and this is actually the uh, head, uh, the head page for this, which is anchor.fm slash edcast20. That is anchor.fm forward slash edcast. Uh, <laughs> anyways, um, yeah. It's literally uh, EdCast20, which is uh, E-D-C-A-S-T-2-0, which you guys can hear, hear me from there. You can look at there, and you can leave me a message, as well as find the uh, website that's connected at all. So, yeah, here you go. Take care. <laughs>